0: So uh, just a couple of quick thank yous at the beginning. First of all, thank you to the Community Council for putting this on. It's a really important way for us to be able to hear from our candidates. Um, I'd like to thank all the people in the local community who have submitted questions uh, for this evening. Um, The the candidates will decide whether they thank you for those questions much later, once they've heard the questions, but uh, thank you to those of you who did those. Um, And, of course, thank you to the candidates for uh, their time this evening. Uh, We don't have all the candidates this evening for various reasons. Three have had to give apologies. Uh, But we will introduce the candidates in a moment, and uh, we will uh, point out who is not able to make it uh, this evening. So what are we going to do? Uh, We are going to, hopefully, interrogate our candidates here in a way that allows you to know who to vote for on the 5th of May. Uh, Hopefully, we will be able to have uh, some fun doing this and give the candidates the opportunity to present their best selves to us. Um, Each of the candidates will have a two-minute introduction. Uh, We will then uh, work through a series of questions which have been submitted by the local community uh, I'll be asking the questions, one or two of the questions are amalgamations of folks' questions uh, that have been submit- submitted, they're not all directly from an individual. Uh, and then finally, the candidates will have a one minute closing statement. If I can remind the candidates to unmute themselves before they answer, then we can hear what you think. Uh, otherwise we'll just watch your lips go up and down and uh, we'll be a little less effective. Um, so if I could just quickly introduce our candidates, uh, we have, uh, and this is an alphabetical order, no other order, uh, we have Kate Campbell uh, from the Scottish National Party. We have with us this evening Tim Jones from the Scottish Conservative and Unionist Party. We have uh, Jane Meagher from the Labour and Cooperative Party, uh, Alice Mumford from the Scottish Green Party. Uh, we have Uh, Hold on, I'm just double-checking who we have here. I've got my my list the wrong way around. Uh, We have Heather Pugh from the Labour and Cooperative Party and we have Simon Shedden from the Scottish National Party. So we're delighted that you could all make it uh, and uh, thank you again for doing that. What we're going to do is we'll invite each of you in turn in that same alphabetical order uh, to give your opening uh, two-minute talk. And then just so that you know, what we'll do is we'll progressively work our way down that list. So everybody probably will get a chance to go first uh, by answering one of the questions. Does that make sense to you? I don't feel like I explained that last bit very well, but hopefully we'll figure that out as we, as we go. Uh, and so uh, with uh, no further ado, uh, over to you, Kate, uh, for your opening statement.
1: Thank you very much, Glenn, and thank you from me to the Community Council for organising this, and thank you so much to everyone who has turned out tonight. It's really good to see an enthusiasm. I'm hoping it's enthusiasm for local democracy. Um, So I'm Kate Campbell. I am the current SNP councillor for Portobello, Craig Miller. I'm the only one of the sitting councillors who's re-standing. And for me, the next five years, I've been thinking about this a lot, it's going to be a really tough five years. Um, and it's going to be characterised by how we deal with poverty and inequality. Particularly, we've seen the really devastating impacts of the cost of living crisis. And it's going to be utterly shaped by how we face into the policies and the actions we need to take to, to, to tackle climate change. They're absolutely going to be the key priorities for this administration. And there are a number of things that we have to do. That local government is the last line of defence for people who are Um, most vulnerable in the city. And with the policies that we've seen coming through from Westminster recently, there's an enormous responsibility on us as local councillors to make sure that we are taking action to support, to protect our residents, to do what we can to mitigate those policies. We can't change them, but we can mitigate them Um, At local government level, and we need to make sure that we are delivering actions that that protect people from, frankly, a lot of our residents, not just facing poverty, but facing destitution because of some of the choices that we've seen made recently. And in terms of climate change, we need to take action now. We cannot wait. We need to look at our energy policies. We need to look at how we retrofit and manage our buildings, our public buildings, our homes. Um, and also how we manage transport in the city and that's very key issues i think for this community as well i'm really proud to stand on the smp manifesto that we've put forward it's progressive it's radical it's bold and it's utterly deliverable there's a lot of policies i don't have enough time in two minutes to run through them um but hopefully we'll get to cover them but there are really key policies like uh, commuter charge tackling short-term lets rent controls these are really important policies but the other thing is we're local councillors and if I've learned anything over the last five years, it's been working with Mary and Maureen, particularly, and Callum, um, to, to make a real difference locally. And we've done that by putting party politics to one side and working collegiately. And just yesterday was at the Newcastle Bray High School, which was built because we worked constructively together. And there's a number of things we've done with the community council, with community groups, with residents. So if you reelect me, I will be that collegiate voice for working together constructively for our community.
0: After me lecturing everybody to remember to mute unmute themselves, I didn't unmute myself. There we go. Fabulous. Well, I'm just providing an example of what not to do. Uh, So, Tim, you are uh, next. Uh, If you could give us your opening two-minute talk.
2: Good evening, everyone, and uh, thank you so much for this invitation to attend the Portobello and Craig Miller Hustings. Um, I... Um, I'm a new candidate, so I just thought I'd give a little bit of introduction about myself. Um, My earlier career was spent as a primary school teacher, um, where I was a music specialist. I play the piano. Um, I also developed a great passion for the teaching of reading and writing, and I'm keen, very keen, to bring this experience to my work as a counsellor, if elected. Indeed, it was education, really, which brought me into politics and my passion for it. Um, I then worked abroad teaching English uh, with the British Council in Naples in Italy. I speak Italian. Uh, Latterly, I was a financial planning consultant with a major Scottish company in Aberdeen before moving back to Edinburgh in 2000 as a consultant with the same company in customer relations. And I worked at Baileyfield for several years. And of course, amazed to see the wonderful building that uh, has taken place on that site. Um, Let me say one thing about working in customer relations, which I think relates to being a counsellor. I worked in customer relations for over 10 years and it taught me an invaluable lesson. And that is to put people first. And that is what I intend to do if elected. During those years as a consultant, I combined this with playwriting, and my first play was performed in Edinburgh in 2014. I have listed three main priorities with regard to um, uh, standing. They are not my only priorities, um, and I've mentioned that education is a passion, but there are three that I've focused on, and that is because I'm in talking to people, and I've been out almost every day for two months talking to people, delivering leaflets, and this is what they've told me. They want Brunston Road reopened. They have told me that the plans for a new parking, for parking restrictions in Portobello, um, they don't want. They want those scrapped. And the third issue, which I've prioritized, is the spaces for people road cycle lanes in Dunningston and time and time again people have told me that they think these um, should be removed. So those are a few of the things which which I have majored on Um, and I'm looking forward now to the questions which um, the audience are going to put to us And, um, and I'm looking forward to being able to give some answers to those. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tim. Uh, Andrew Macdonald, who's the independent candidate, would have been next. Andrew is not able to be with us this evening. And so uh, we move down to Jane Meager, uh, who is a representative of the Labour and Cooperative Party. Thank you, Jane.
3: Thank you. Can you hear me? great <laughs> thanks very much um i'm actually jane marr um but there's absolutely no way you could possibly know that from the way it's spelled. I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> please i'm so used to it um and the first thing <laughs> I say is that i completely endorse everything that's kate that kate has said about what the priorities have to be for edinburgh for the next five years and if i can just plug Edinburgh Labour's manifesto, I think you'll find that quite a lot, um, uh, uh, there's quite a lot in there that shows um, a level of agreement. But what I'd like to do, with your permission, is talk a little bit about more local issues, because I I was under, it turns out, the delusion that having lived in Portobello for 27 years, that I knew the area pretty well. No not 27, 37 years, Um, but it turned out that I only knew the tip of the iceberg because since I was selected, like all the other candidates, I suppose, I've been blown away by the many, many projects and groups and businesses that I've visited across the ward over the last few weeks all vibrant and active and addressing um, a need in the community. I've also been knocking on doors, there's a surprise. Um, I do apologise if I haven't got round to yours. We, Maureen Child and I worked out that uh, to call all 26,000 doors in the ward, it would take us three years and we kind of don't have that time we've met some very friendly people with a very strong sense of community and a lively interest in the issues that affect us all. And these issues range from very local concerns about things like missing posts or missed bin collections, to the need for more public toilets and wider concerns that Kate's mentioned about rising gas and electricity bills. And some of these issues can be resolved by a call to the relevant convener or department, and that's where I think my um, 37 years of working in various council departments um, comes in extremely handy. I can't pretend that I know the answer to every single issue, but I can say that if I'm lucky enough to be elected, I'll work hard and do my very best for the communities in Portobello and in Craig Miller. And I do want to say, particularly um, after Kate's remarks about working collegiately, I fully intend to work with the other elected members on the 90% of areas where we completely agree. Finally, (laughs) I've always found inspiration and strength, personal strength from Margaret Mead, the anthropologist, who said, and you'll no doubt have heard this many times, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. That being so, this ward is surely brimming with world-changing possibilities. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jean. Uh, And I promise from now on, I will never forget how to pronounce your surname.
3: (laughs) People have called me far worse. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, we, we'll skip over that part. Um, uh, we now have uh, Alice Mumford, who I'm really hoping I've pronounced your name right, Alice, uh, from the Scottish Green Party.
4: Hi, uh, thank you. Yes, my surname's got a lot easier since the band um, came around. Uh, no relation, but uh means people know the name. Um, so thank you. I'm, I'm Alice. Um, I'm delighted to be standing for the Scottish Greens, um, hoping to continue the work of Mary Campbell, who, who Kate mentioned earlier. Um, my background is in climate education and inequalities, and those that sort of sums up the two the two things I'm hoping to um, be working on mainly. And I'm I'm very pleased that uh, most of the other parties are mentioning climate change as a really key priority. And um, it's obviously as the Scottish Greens, we're delighted to hear that that um, is is finally sort of on everyone's agenda. Although uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty hard to ignore at the minute, um, particularly living around here. So um, I'm really keen to make sure that porty works for for everyone, um, and that means uh, making sure it's a welcoming place for everyone, making sure that we make sure that residents, businesses, visitors all are able to enjoy and get the most out of the amazing place that we're also lucky to, to live and work in. Um, like everyone, I've been having lots of doorstep conversations, and um, I've been really distressed by how many people are saying they're not going to vote or saying that they um, you know they don't know who to vote for because frankly they have no faith in the system Um, and I I can really understand where they're coming from Um, and we also hear people when I say uh, what issues do you care about sort of say well I had someone the other day just said well the world being on fire is quite a big one and it, it does feel like that um the world is really scary at the minute um there's there's huge challenges facing people in their personal lives we have um huge global challenges um and it's it's really terrifying um and i think that that is really you know having an effect on a lot of people but that's why i think it's so important that, that people you know i'm really pleased to see so many people here tonight because actually local action and local politics can make a difference to those things it can make a real difference to people's lives on an immediate level and it can have much wider implications. So um, I'm really excited to talk about those things and hear what the questions are tonight. Similarly, we have a a big chunky manifesto that we're hoping to get into. um, But yeah, really keen to hear uh, what folk have raised for today.
0: Thank you, Alice. Uh, And our next uh, person invited to do your opening talk is uh, Heather.
5: Hi, thanks for pronouncing my name properly. Many people get it wrong. So thank you very much. Um, You can't see from where you're sitting, but I'm actually a disabled person. I'm in a power chair and um, I'm finding a lot of challenges around the city, particularly since COVID. Uh, As Tim mentioned earlier, the the spaces for people, the cycle lanes have been a complete nightmare for disabled people. Um, I know they've helped a lot of the cyclists, but Um, if I'm elected as a councillor, I want to see the paper trail because I questioned this with the council. And I was told that they had been and um, spoken to all the disabilities groups in Edinburgh. And I'm a member of three and I never got consulted on any of this. So it's that kind of thing that really needs to go as a full consultation. Um, I've been spending a lot of time in Craigmillar. I wanted to see for myself if the figures that were getting through the Poverty Commission, uh, that was set up by uh, the Labour leader in Edinburgh Council with the Roundtree Foundation, they actually took it forward. And I was one of the, the local people because I was involved in two charity organisations who then gave a lot of evidence to the Poverty Commission. And spending all this time in Craig-Miller, I'm finding out that my work on End Poverty Edinburgh is more important than ever, that things are really bad, that people really can't, as Kate was saying, can't afford to both heat and eat, that they are starting to panic because they know that although it's going up now and they've got the summer coming on, that it's going to go up again in October. And that come Christmas, they're really going to be struggling. They're struggling just now. The um, Places for people, and um, Craig Miller were telling me the other day, they've got... One day a week, they've got food provision. And they were saying where they had 60 members pre-Covid, they've now got 600 members. Now, that level of poverty in this day and age in Scotland is disgraceful. And there has to be something that we as councillors can do to make a massive difference to people's lives. It's the kind of thing that, as a staunch trade unionist, and an escaped civil servant. Um, I did that for almost 30 years. And that whole time I was involved with the union and trying to help people. Um, It's the way I was brought up. My grandmother always helped people and my mother always helped people, she still does. And it's just the way I wanted to, when I stopped working for the Scottish government, I then found charity work to do. Um, And, I would really love to be a counsellor and to be able to serve people. Because the number of people that say, I want to be in power, I want to get power. You're not there to be in power, you're there to serve the people. It's what you should be saying, is how can I do better? How can I do things to make people's lives better? And that's about all I've got to say. Thanks for your time.
0: That's great. Thank you, Heather. I was just about to cut you off, so you timed it perfectly. Well done. Uh, Excellent. Uh, um, Jill Riley from the Scottish Liberal Democrats also wasn't able to make it this evening and has sent her apologies, uh, which then moves us down uh, to Simon Clark Shedden uh, from the Scottish National Party. And Simon, I didn't know some stuff has your Simon Clark Shedden and you Simon Shedden tonight, so you can explain to me which one I should use, and uh, and then if you could give us a two minutes, that'd be
6: great. Simon is fine. Um, I'm known by both names, so whatever whatever you like. Um, but thank you and good evening, everyone. Um, and thank you also uh, to the Community Council for arranging tonight's hustings. Um, as Glenn said, I'm Simon Shedden. I'm one of the SNP's two candidates for Portobello Craigmiller. And it's an honor to speak to you all this evening. Um, I've worked in this area for about a decade now. Um, and so I think I know some of the issues um, that affect people here pretty well. Um, in that time, I've worked on the front line of homelessness, helping people living in temporary accommodation to find settled permanent housing, and I've also worked in welfare rights. And it was my experience in these frontline services that made me decide to get involved in politics and actually to join the SNP. In my work, I saw firsthand the disastrous impact that Westminster welfare reforms wreaked on some of the most disadvantaged people in our community. And it's no exaggeration to say that for families I worked with, those reforms meant cutting back on food so that they could eat their homes and other people lived with the fear that they could lose their family home that they'd lived in for years simply for having a spare bedroom. Now, in Scotland, thankfully, we had the Scottish government who stepped in to mitigate the worst effects of those cuts and also to provide some financial support um, that so many of our friends and neighbours needed. At that time, and the reason I decided to join the SNP is that it struck me that for many families in Scotland, It was only the SNP who stood between them, homelessness, poverty and destitution. As some of you will know, for the last six years, um, I've been Tommy Shepherd MP, senior caseworker and his parliamentary assistant. As well as supporting Tommy in his role, I have helped thousands of people across this ward with immigration, social security and housing casework. And together with Tommy, we've held UK government departments like the Home Office, the Department for Work and Pensions to account and we have fiercely advocated for constituents when nobody else would. My experiences in all my my work in this area have shown me the enormous difference that politicians and their policies can make to people's lives, both for good and ill. And I am standing for election in order to make the lives of people in this community better. If I'm elected, I will work every single day to improve the life chances and the life experiences of everyone who lives in this ward and across the city whether or not they voted for me. I should also say, like the others, I am a pragmatist. And uh, one of my strength lies in bringing people together to overcome differences, to reach agreement, and to bring about change. And if elected, I will work with colleagues from all parties to deliver for the people in this area. Thank you.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Simon. Uh, Our final speaker would have been Anne Todd from the ALBA Party for Independence, and unfortunately she's not able to make it this evening either, and we have apologies uh, from her. So that is all of our introductory talks done. Uh, So thank you all very much. It's great uh, to hear how committed you are to working together, uh, and uh, it's always fascinating to me how many places of agreement there are, which doesn't always come through in usual political discourse. So uh, that's a great place for us to start this evening. Uh, Our questions this evening uh, have uh, a couple of key themes, Uh, not necessarily the ones that you've all brought up in your talk, but I'm sure given the amount of doors you've been at, not many of them are going to be a huge surprise uh, to you. Uh, We will begin with uh, this question here. this is around uh, transport, and our first couple of questions are going to be uh, in this area. Uh, low-emission zones will soon be functioning in some streets of Edinburgh, and they uh, will be uh, through the city centre. Uh, the suggestion here is that the cameras could be used to apply a congestion charge to help pay for road repairs if we extend the local em- low, the low-emission zone. Um, do candidates agree with this suggestion? And first up, we will have, uh, let me just see, it's Tim uh, that we will have uh, this evening. Are you there, Tim? Are you? Yeah, sorry about that. You're muted. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. We seem to be having. I'm having a problem with Tim's audio. Is anyone else? Yeah. Okay. Uh, In that case, what we'll do is we'll uh, pop down uh, to Jane. uh, If you wouldn't mind uh, answering that question first, and then we'll come back him and hopefully his internet's caught
3: up with us. Well, can I first of all thank you for the question and second of all say that in principle I'm very much in favour of low emission zones and also in the revenue that it might bring in order to help us to make real positive changes to the air quality in the city. I have to say that on a pragmatic level one of my reservations about timing, and that's my only reservation really, um, is that at a time when so many people are on the verge of um, simply not being able to cope financially because of all the factors which we've already mentioned, such as increased fuel, increased um, uh, gas and electricity prices, increased national insurance contributions, increased, Uh, Food costs. We've got so many people using food banks, which is, to my mind, an utter disgrace in a civilized and, and wealthy country that my reservation is that to add a financial burden to people who for very good reasons have to travel through the city, perhaps to do um, to do care work um, on very low pay, um, it, my, this is my reservation and it's a personal one and it's not something that I've discussed with uh, the group, but I do wonder whether now is the right time to be um, uh, burdening people further. Um, So, I I mean, I don't know how you get round that because I haven't thought about it thoroughly, but that's my main reservation. Absolutely for it in principle. Is this the right time? Probably, possibly not.
0: Okay. Thank you, Jean. Uh, And Alice, uh, you would be uh, next to cover this question.
4: Thank you. So um yes, I think I think we should be doing that. We support the low emission zones. We want to see more of them. Um, Oh I'm getting an echo. I don't know if anyone else is but um, uh, we need a sort of holistic view of how we are reducing non-essential car use in the city. And of course, we need to consider carers, disabled people and folk for whom um, car journeys are a necessity. But we must also remember that most people in Edinburgh don't drive a car regularly um, through the city centre, Um, but we need to have the carrot and the stick. So yes, we need to be enforcing this and using um, the money to invest in infrastructure. And that needs to include um, free and cheaper public transport um, travel which is integrated um, and we need better obviously cycle lane infrastructure and safety so on the on the basic question yes um, but we need to do a lot more to reduce um, unnecessary car use as well and make it easier and cheaper for people to travel around the city
0: excellent thank you alice uh heather you're next
5: um It's been proven that low emission zones are actually working. The air quality is um, improving vastly in areas where they've been reduced to 20 miles an hour. But I travelled along the Nidrumans road today, and because they've widened the pavements on both sides, the traffic backups are happening every single day. You're in a constant, very, very slow moving stream of traffic along there. And speaking to people in the Thistle Foundation with breathing difficulties are telling me it's gotten worse since the roads have been uh, narrowed and it's now single lane traffic going along there in both directions. And because the traffic's almost almost like a moving car park, Um, they're really concerned that it's going to get worse and they've got a brand new high school that they've taken from behind there right onto the main road. So if the windows in the classrooms are open and the traffic's there sitting there all the time idling, that's all going to go into the classrooms and it's going to make breathing more difficult for the pupils. So I think they need to look very carefully at where they're suggesting low emission zones and what impact it's going to have.
0: Great. Thank you, Heather. Uh, And uh, Simon?
6: Um, Thanks, Glenn. I agree with a lot of what has been said, and yes, I I, um, support low emission zones. Um, I think though, just to to add a couple of other points that maybe haven't been made, I I think we're beyond the point of this really being a choice. I think we have to do something to um, reduce congestion in Edinburgh. I'm sure we've all been knocking lots of doors, and it is something that comes up time and time again. People tell me there are too many cars, there is too much congestion. It takes too long to get around the city at the moment. Um, and that, that's not even to mention the impact of exhaust pollutants on people's health. So, you know, we, we know that this is the science is quite clear. We need to reduce non-essential car use in Edinburgh. The SMP is committed to introducing a commuter charging zone, which would be the city boundary. So nobody in Edinburgh would pay that. But the money coming from that, the money raised would go then to improving links between Edinburgh and the, the um, surrounding areas. But I do think there seems to be some consensus on this. This is something that I, I, you know, perhaps I wish we didn't have to do, but we're at a point now where we really do have to press ahead and reduce congestion.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Uh, Kate,
1: uh, you're next. It's good when you have two people from the same party, then you're kind of covering the manifesto points, but I'll I'll continue. So I suppose the the point is, yes, we support LEZ's, And yes, a congestion charge or commuter charge actually is what we're calling it is in the SNP manifesto. And this is a a boundary commuter charge. So it would be for we've got a lot of the neighbouring local authorities like East Lothian, Mid Lothian building very low density car driven housing on the perimeter of Edinburgh. And we are as a ward particularly affected by this because we're on the edge. Um, so we have all this low-density housing, which is designed for people. And they they advertise it as being part of Edinburgh, but of course people aren't paying council tax here to help us provide services. And then people just think they can drive their cars into work, into the centre of Edinburgh. And what we're saying is we would put in a charge, and this would be fantastic for this ward particularly. It's a citywide policy because the two key areas for us are Nidsh remains road and portobello high street and this would prevent people from being able to it wouldn't prevent people but they would have to pay a charge to drive in at peak times so we're saying it'd be peak times it would be using cameras and um, number plate recognition to do that we've already said i mean this is a it's a new policy so we have to work out the details but we have said that we Um, would look for exemptions. We know that there's a lot of people in the wider Edinburgh region that use, for example, health services in Edinburgh. We don't want to charge people for coming to hospital appointments. And care workers, for example, are people we would want to apply exemptions for. But we don't want to encourage people to buy big houses on the edge of Edinburgh in car-driven estates and think that they can drive into an office in the centre of Edinburgh. And we, as Edinburgh taxpayers, have to pick up the bill for fixing the roads, you know, and we would use that money to invest in public transport and infrastructure, as others have said, um, so that we can improve cycling. We could also look, we want to look at park and rides on the perimeter of the city and then good transport links into the centre. And actually, when you look at, you know, I understand concerns that have been raised about cost of living, but actually that can be more affordable for people if we've got affordable bus fares, we've got good cycle lanes. I think there's probably broad agreement. And I think this is a policy that could be really transformative for Edinburgh, but particularly for our wards. So I hope that we do get support um, across across all of the, par- well, most of the parties, shall we say, for this right, public because okay. I think it could be wonderful for SAT. Okay,
0: thank you. And uh, Tim, we'll come back to you and see if we can get you this time. Are you there?
1: I'm here and I do
2: apologize Fabulous. for that um, interruption. I don't know what happened. Um, the Scottish Conservative position on this is that we want to encourage people to choose lower emission choices, but at the moment, with the geopolitical pressures um, on energy costs, we need to encourage, I think, rather than penalise, and I think we really do want to encourage bus use with more express buses. Can I just say, I sold my car eight years ago, um, and you have used public transport um, uh, to do all my canvassing and leafleting and um, you know that's the decision I've made um, because it suits me and I think we need to encourage people to to consider their car use but we must recognise also that car use is a necessity for many and that many on lower incomes the elderly and the disabled rely on cars and couldn't necessarily afford to replace them right now so I think pushing more polluting cars outside the city centre is not a benefit for the people of Portobello, Craig Miller, and much more consultation is um, is required.
0: Uh, thank you, Tim. Leave it in. That's great. That's really helpful. Thank you uh, very much. Um, we will remain in the space, uh, in the similar sort of space with our next question. Um, if I could remind you of the request uh, for uh, crisp and short answers. That would be uh, great. Um, And we'll uh, keep this rolling along and hopefully get to a few different issues. Uh, So this next question is, um, there is a proposed uh, controlled parking zone uh, for Portobello. And the question is simply, do you support this? And could you give the reason for your support or your non-support? And Uh, Well, given so, Jane, you had to go first the last time. So, Alice, uh, it will be your turn uh, to go first this time.
4: Yes, briefly. um, uh, I I will say a little bit more than that, but um, because the question did ask us, and I
0: now is it just me or is Alice? also vote her. T- okay. So it seems that whoever answers the first question is cursed. So uh, <laughs> Alice, if you just want to wait for your your uh, your um, internet to catch up there, uh, then I'll ask Heather actually to take that question on the CPZ and we'll come back to you, Alice.
5: I'll be completely honest to say this is the first time I've heard of it. I'm really sorry. So I can't make a position not knowing what it's actually about.
1: You're a mute, Glenn. Oh,
0: sorry. Uh, that's fine, Heather. No problem at all. I will uh, then uh, move on to Simon. Um, if you could uh, take that question.
6: Um, so this is something that has again been brought up by a few people I've spoken to and it does seem to divide opinion um, some people are in favour of it because they feel that there's a lot of parking in their local area that, that isn't for residents or people are maybe using their street to park and and using, um, you know, uh, to go using that to go to work or whatever. So um, I'm, I'm not particularly ideological on it. I think if there's a support for, amongst residents, then I would I would support that. Um, And I I do think that there have been calls from some areas for that to be introduced as a way of uh, making it easier for residents to park. Um, But, you know, I I would say what what people in an area think is best for them, then I would probably go along with that. Um, I wouldn't want to impose it on an area against the residents will.
0: OK, thank you, Simon. Uh, uh, Kate, uh, you would be next.
1: Thanks, Glenn. Um, Yeah, I, I agree with what Simon said. It's interesting because actually in the time that I've been a councillor, I had a lot of people contacting me asking when we would get CPZs because they were really impacted by people coming and parking in the street, lack of parking. Um, and it, is, it can be people going to work. It can also be people visiting the beach and things. Um, and then as soon as the council announced consultation on it, suddenly people were saying we don't want this. So I think it's really important that we understand what people want. And I think as we move through consultation, we make sure that we get it right. Um, and I would support residents. But I have a feeling that the majority of people will want it because there's so many challenges around parking in Portobello, particularly. Uh,
0: Thanks, Uh, Keith. Tim?
2: Yes, um, I take a different view in so far as that I support the hundreds of residents who have signed a petition, I think it was 1800, opposing the S&P Labour Council's plans for a controlled parking zone in Portobello. The scheme will force car owners in the zone to pay for a permit costing around £100 a year, but fewer spaces mean that there will be no guarantee of a space near their homes. And as I said, 1,800 residents have signed a petition opposing the scheme. Residents have told me that they oppose these plans. I've spoken to them on the doorstep. That's what they tell me. They don't think there is a parking problem that merits it. And I think, rightly, they don't see why they should have to pay when when there will be fewer spaces and no guarantee they will be able to park near their home. Can I just make one final point? Others to the east of the proposed controlled parking zone are equally concerned because it will just move more parked cars along to their streets. Edinburgh Conservative councillors will only support controlled parking zones where residents want them. The petition evidence to me is clear and I support Portobello residents in saying no to parking permits.
0: Thank you, Tim. Uh, Jean.
3: Well, in short, we've got a major problem with parking in Portobello and currently residents can't, frequently can't park anywhere near their homes anyway. Um, My view is that given that we know that commuters coming into the city are likely to increase and looking at the shortage of space for everybody, including I have to say visitors, and I'll maybe say something about that um, a bit later on. Uh, residents have to come first. Um, and finally, I completely agree with what everyone has said about consultation. My take on it isn't quite the same as Tim's um, because that's not the message that I'm getting. But let's leave it to the people. Let's see what local people want and let's act on that.
0: Thank you, Jean. Uh, and Alice, back to you. Now that you're not first, it will work perfectly fine.
4: Thank you. Well, fingers crossed. Hello. Yes. Is that better? Yeah. Um, great. So I'll just be very brief. But I think, weirdly, I agree with Tim on one thing, that if they are happening, you know, if they... When something happens in one area of Edinburgh, it has knock-on effects on others, and that's why we need this holistic view and to understand the impacts of doing one thing in one, one area. Um, so yes, of course, we need consultation. But we also need to understand that it, if it's happening in places that will have a knock-on um, knock-on impact. Um, and I also think we there are simple things we can do alongside uh, the the um, the parking charges and control parking zone really simple things like signage for visitors coming in i don't blame people for parking all up regent street because there's no car park signed (laughs) if you're coming in looking at people have told me there's not a taxi rank looking at things like a porty park and ride you know trying to break down this idea that some folk in edinburgh have that porty is 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 really far away and difficult to get to and actually encouraging people to leave the car at home is equally as important
0: Uh, brilliant Thank you, Alice. That's great. That—that uh, That is everyone. Yes. That...
5: You're muted, Glenn.
0: Two years and a bit on this thing, and I still can't remember to press the unmute button. My wife wishes I was fitted with a proper one in real life. But anyway, uh, We're going to shift gears just a little bit here. Um, This one, uh, this question uh, is really about our infrastructure and how we use it here in Portobello. So the Portobello promenade and the beach are an invaluable public resource enjoyed by many. How will you ensure that further privatization of this and other public space does not take place? Did you catch that question you want me to repeat it we all so the portobello promenade and beach are an invaluable public resource enjoyed by many how will you ensure that further privatization of this and other public space does not take place uh and i believe uh well jane you had to go uh yes jane you went first last time didn't you so uh we should uh, alice you can go first this time
4: okay i hope the curse of Going first doesn't kick in. Um, so yeah, as I've said, I think, I think we need to figure out a, a balance on the prom and it's something we've, we've all heard loads of, loads of times between residents, visitors and businesses. Um, and I am really concerned about, you know, the encroaching on public space and the impact that has for um, people with buggies, wheelchair users, folk wanting to enjoy the prom. Um, I think we need clarity over what's happening. So quite a lot of things happened during COVID, um, you know, as, as, a, as an attempt to increase outside seating and has just sort of been allowed to continue. So I think we need a bit of clarity over that. Um, we also need a shared vision for what the prom should be. Um, and that includes businesses and bustling, you know, nightlife and, and making it feel like a great place to be, um, but the considerations of people that don't want to see that. Um, and I think we need, we need this shared idea and and a set of principles really for for how we make decisions so obviously we make sure that they don't um they don't impact negatively on on certain groups um, and all decisions should be made in that way but actually you know a shared set of vision and values for what we want our prom to be in five years in ten years um, and make decisions based on that Um, and I think you know public space is public for a reason it's it's vital um, but we also need to support businesses to make make Portobello a place that people want to come live and and work.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Alice. Uh, Heather.
5: Um, Public spaces. To me, they're really important. There are a lot of families live in tenements and flats and tower blocks. and Portobello Beach is like the re-trip to the seaside. It's somewhere they can take the family, the kids can have fun safely, The parents are there. The beach is well looked after. Um, I know there are people litter picking there just about every week Um, and keeping it clean for everyone. But I know there are those who would spoil that Um, and they leave rubbish lying about and barbecues and whatever else. So that kind of thing needs to be watched and looked after. The people who live there, They've obviously bought their houses so that they've got access to the beach as well. So their space needs to be respected as well as visitors and people coming from far and wide. Um, I was down the prom with Jane a couple of weeks ago and Annas, and we spoke to people from Dundee, we spoke to people from Fife, we spoke to people from East Lothian, who'd all traveled to Portobello because they wanted to get an ice cream at Porty Beach. And that kind of thing's important. But as Alice is saying, New businesses that are cropping up, they're throwing up tables.
0: And now it seems like Heather's been struck by the curse. But I think we got most of Heather's answer there. So we'll move on. And if she desperately has to finish something else, then we can... can, uh No, you can't hear me. Uh, None of that you heard, did you? Uh, So I think Heather's got stuck, she's got the cuffs now and so we'll ask uh, Simon to carry on with answering this question around public and private space on the prom.
6: Thank you very much, Glenn. Um, It's a really good question and I think it's um, a really important question. Um, It's clear to me that Portobello has become, just as Heather said, a, a destination for people not just within Edinburgh but from outside of Edinburgh and that is great for the area. Um, but there is a real buzz about the place and I think there's lots of benefits to the community but it does need to be balanced as Alice says. you know we, we can't have businesses encroaching on public space um, without that being properly regulated and properly licensed so um, I understand that measures were taken during the pandemic to support businesses and to allow them to um, to keep trading and that was really important at the time but I think I think that now what we need to do as we're coming out of restrictions is we need to have a more strategic approach. We need to look at what we want the prom to be and how we balance the needs of businesses, visitors um, and residents. So I think this is a really important piece of work that that if I was elected, I would hopefully get stuck right into. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Simon. Uh,
6: Kate.
1: Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, a really important question. And a lot of it's been covered. I think, you know, there's there was a lot of um, tables and chairs licenses were granted because businesses couldn't have people inside. And that was really understandable. But I do think we need to roll back from that now. And I mean, I would say probably we've all talked about working collegiately. And I think it would be a good time actually now to make a pledge as whoever is elected, that all of the councillors would come together to have that conversation. I think it needs to take in sort of the place department. So there's we need to make the case for a Portobello being treated in the same way as the city centre. The visitor numbers are that high. It needs that level of investment. So we need waste regularly emptying bins. We need to have a kind of community safety um, public space management plan in the way that you would for the city centre. I know local police have met the local area commander. He's very alert and aware to some of the issues we faced around antisocial behaviour. So we need that holistic plan that I think Alice was really talking about as well, where we set the parameters. We need to make sure, you know, there's pinch points on the prom where we need to make sure it's accessible for people. But also we do want to have life and vitality. I mean, it's wonderful. It's I'm sure we all enjoy having a nice meal in a, on a warm evening or you know, it is a, a wonderful resource for local people and for people across the city and beyond. So it is about having that strategic plan. I do think that there are parts of the prom where there are probably too many tables and chairs. And also it's how we reclaim that public space. And what, what do we as a community want to do with that? Is it outdoor markets? You know, what are the possibilities? And that's a conversation that there is work being done. We're looking at how we can get investment in as well to put in some public realm infrastructure, if you like, to, to support that. There's a huge opportunity for the PROM and the community to work together.
0: Okay. Thank you, uh, Kate. I'm looking forward to those warm evenings of which you speak. I've forgotten what they look like. Uh,
4: Tim.
2: Thank you. Um, I do agree with an awful lot of what's been said, and I'm particularly impressed with Alice's remarks about this holistic approach. In fact, I've been chatting regularly to um, a resident in Bath Street, And she's keen to get the community together on a cross-party basis to think pragmatically and creatively about what can be done. They've got a particular problem with the businesses in that street because, um, let me be specific about this, the tax, at the end of the the day, there's huge taxi queues being formed at the bottom of the street, causing huge congestion and these, People are all spilling out of pubs and it's causing problems. So I really take on board Alice's point about getting together and let's try and get a strategy. Let's come together on this and work something out. We have to recognise, don't we, that the value small businesses bring to the prom is enormous. But it also, um, we have to recognise that that there's the increased pressure from visitor numbers, um, which... Uh, which have occurred, especially during the pandem- pandemic. So I think chief amongst this, um, this concern is, is our council focusing on the basics to, as the people have said, getting the bins emptied more frequently, opening public toilets longer, supporting the police and tackling antisocial behaviour. We, we sh- should be proud that so many independent businesses want to set up in Portobello. I think that's wonderful. It's such a wonderful experience when you walk along the prom now. And um and we must also work to ensure I think that um uh the pub that this space is protected and respected. Thank you Tim. Can I can uh, have I just got one more point yeah, to make can I just can I just say one more thing?
0: very Hello, Oh, we've got, we've got a rogue person. Thank you. Uh Tim, very quickly, your final
2: point. That um our policy manifesto says we are committed to getting the council focused on cleaning up the city, and that obviously includes Portobello. Great,
0: thanks. Jane.
3: Well, I think agreement has broken out here, so uh sorry to disappoint. Uh, The only other thing I would say, I certainly agree we need a holistic um, approach in many ways, including, and I have to say, this is a bit of a a passion, as we now say, of mine. uh, And it's to do with doing something positive with young people because I do know that there have been issues around young people. And I don't like the idea that we're not welcoming people um, to our beautiful beach simply because of their age. And I want to see a lot more positive positive action going on. So I'd be happily signing up to any joint enterprise that would look at keeping public space public and uh, fully accessible. Um, and in particular, I'd like to point out the Seafield end of the prom, which I do think needs some attention because it's kind of disappointing whether you're, when you're trundling along nicely on your wee bike as I do with my little basket at the front, and I get to that very um, crumbly bit where the caravans used to be. So I, yeah, we definitely need a concerted um, holistic effort. Thank you.
0: Great. And we all look forward to that being delivered in the next uh, in the next um, council session, and we'll go to hold you all accountable for that. So it's fabulous. Uh, brilliant. Um, uh, we're running short on time, uh, so uh, I think we'll, I, I've got a couple of questions left. Um, we'll take what. If, if you behave really well, we might have time to get them all done, both done. Uh, but if not, then we'll just do this one and we'll jump on to your closing uh, talks. Um, Portobello and Craig Miller, uh, as you've already pointed out, uh, is a ward full of active communities. Could you say something about, whether you live in the community or what your engagement with the community has been uh, over time. Uh, and that is, uh, I think, Simon, you're
6: first this time. Um, thanks very much, Glenn, and thank you for the question. It's a really important one because we want our representatives to to know about the, the place that we're that we're trying to serve. As I said, I've, I've worked here for 10 years and that's been, um, you know, in housing and homelessness and welfare rights, so in that, in that work I, I was involved with lots of local organisations. My primary task for a period of time um, when, I worked, when I worked there was basically going into Green Dykes, going into some of the, the most deprived parts of this ward and trying to make sure that people got the financial support that the Scottish Government was making available to them. Um, there was an awful lot of misinformation around at that time. People weren't often clear on what they were entitled to, and there was a lot of fear. So, so my job was really reaching out as much as possible. Um, as I said earlier on, in the last six years, I've worked with Tommy Shepherd MP, so I've managed to, to meet with and talk to so many people, so many organizations. Um, I feel like I, you know, I'm you quite rooted in this area. Um, I love it, um, I, it'd be an absolute you know, honor to represent this area. Um, and as I think, as Jane said earlier on, you know, it's amazing. You think you know a place and then you start knocking on doors and suddenly you hear about new issues. You hear about new groups, new yep. organisations. I met with the Jack Kane Centre recently. They're up to some terrific work. And that's just one example. There's lots of it. And I um, I hope to spend, if I am elected, the next two years really immersing myself in all that this ward has to offer. So
0: thank you. Thank you, Simon. Uh, Kate?
1: Uh, Thanks Glenn and yeah good question it's I mean community this ward is all about community and the community groups and it's probably one of the most active and vibrant wards in the city Um, I think my inbox definitely tells me that I think as a a Portobello Craig Mellor councillor I think you get a lot more emails just warning everyone than you do in in other wards Um, I don't live in the ward but I live about 100 meters just to the side kind of in the middle of the ward so I spend a lot of my time here um, kind of going about I have walking my dog um going out for you know food to go shopping etc so I, I feel like I pretty much live in the ward although I'm just outside it in terms of community groups like oh it's just it's there are so many organizations and there are so many different things happening and as a counselor it's one of the greatest privileges that you have to be involved so Um, you know, the the various community centres like the Jack Kane, like Sandy. So as a councillor, you're kind of de facto on the board of these organisations. You get to go and see the great work that they're doing, Um, whether it's, you know, organisations like the Thistle. Um, Mary Maureen and I have been doing the kilt walk together for the Thistle for the last few years. Um, So that's been you know, uh, again, a really, really important organisation. I mean, there's so many organisations across the ward and part of your role as a councillor is to support them, support them when they need it and be aware of that and and build those relationships and and kind of understand where you can intervene to to make a difference for the community.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Kate. Uh, Tim? Uh, You're muted, Tim. Yeah, you're still muted,
2: That's me now, okay.
0: Um,
2: um, Although I don't live in uh, Portobello, I have worked in uh, Portobello. As I said, I worked at uh, Bailey Field, and um, I used to pop into the centre all the time to frequent that um, particular shop, I won't mention it, that sells, I think, the best scotch pies in Edinburgh and I went and had one the other day, and I couldn't believe the price. It was 89 pence. I said to him, that's very cheap. He said, oh, well, do, shall I put the price up? I said, no, no, that, that's fine. But joking apart, um, my um, if the two things that I think are really important in my role as, as a prospective counsellor would be education and culture. Um, I've already mentioned that I'm um, a playwright uh, um, and have um, had my uh, uh, my first play performed in Edinburgh, but I'm very excited about the prospects for Portobello Town Hall and Belfield and the Scottish Chamber Orchestra and Craig Miller. So um, I think these um, cultural possibilities are excellent, as well as being theatre
0: to Belfield. Great. Thank you, Tim. Uh...
3: Jean? Now, this is tricky because you're asking me to remember over 36 oh. years. Come on. Um, so I've lived in Portobello for 36 years. My children went to local school, so I was active in making barely edible things for the PTA, for PTA. Um, uh, for for school fairs at Tower Bank, they used to be wonderful. Um, I'm very involved in the Portobello Book Festival. I've met lots of fabulous authors and people. I've chaired sessions. It's been fantastic, hugely popular. Um, I've got what I believe to be the oldest book group in Portobello that a friend and I set up. We've been meeting for 18 years, we think. But again, we've lost track. Um, I delivered leaflets for Belfield when that was all being set up. Uh, During the pandemic, I delivered supplies and newsletters to St. John's parishioners. Um, I'm not a Catholic, but I love the work that 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 church do. And I've been helping out quite a lot, including um, working, um, cooking and providing meals for people who are homeless with Bethany. And just as an aside, that's given me a fantastic insight into homelessness and its causes, and you know how easy it is for people to fall into it. But I know, I know, I know, right. I'm just about to finish, and I've been helping out with the local garden. And I can sing at the drop of a hat. And so I've been working with the community children's choir.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Jean. You got it all in. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Alice, uh, uh, to you.
4: Thank you. I'll be very brief. Um, I live in Leith, just on Great Junction Street. So I cycle through to Portie uh, most days. I work um, at Tribe. Um, I rent a desk there um, for some of the freelance work I do. Um, Everyone's mentioned all the amazing community groups. Um, I've I've mainly watched with admiration as people have set things up. So uh, my friend started Edinburgh Food Social in Craig Miller, working on um, internships for for young chefs. Um, I was involved in planting some trees in Craig Miller Wee Forest. Um, in chats uh with folk about reigniting 40 pride at the minute um to try and get that that happening again so um yeah i will I will leave it there because I can see Glenn you've got the pained expression of a chair who wants to move oh, on. I'm I, <laughs> no. Oh I'm sorry. No I'm
0: excited. Quite right. to Quite right. Thank you. Uh excellent. Um Heather, do we do we have you back with us, Heather?
5: I am I I'm really them. sorry. Oh, I'll put network issues. Oh. So could you possibly repeat the question, please? I didn't even get to finish the last one.
0: Oh, well, I think we got the sense of what you were saying the last time. We, we heard right up to the end. But the, the, on this question uh, specifically is, um, Portobello and Craig Miller is a ward full of active communities. Uh, one of the ways you would know that is living here. The question was, do you live in or are you, how are you engaged in the ward?
5: Um, I lived in Green Dykes, I actually lived in Green Dykes house for seven years and I would really like to move back into the area. I live in Royston just now so I'm at the other side of the city, um, but I'm in a house unsuitable for my disabilities. So I would really hope to get a house back in the Thistle Foundation if possible. Um, I have been spending a lot of time at the archive at Craig Miller now and helping them with their photo digitisation project. I have been spending a lot of time at the um, Places for People, and I'm taking part, I've been given a great honour. Um, I'm a stitcher, it's one of my hobbies. So I've completed a small piece of the Craig Miller Tapestry. And now that they're satisfied that I can actually stitch, they've asked me to lead on a whole panel about the 1920s and Craig Miller Ward. So, I feel really honoured to be doing that. Um, I'd like to get more involved with the community. I spent some time with the community gardeners as well, not as much as I would like, but some of their stuff's at a great height for people in power chairs. So, they've made sure that everybody can be involved in it. It's great. Um, and all these other places are really accessible. I'm really happy about that. Just to finish what I was saying about Alice, was saying about um, changing the way things are at the beach. As soon as you put tables and chairs up, you're disadvantaging blind people and people with sight difficulties. That was all I wanted to say at the end of that one.
0: That's that's really helpful. Thank you, Heather. Um, and that's everyone had a chance for that question. So, so you all modestly behaved yourself, but not enough for us to have time for another question. So uh, we are going to give you each uh, your one minute uh, to wrap up and I'm going to time them. And so I'm going to be rude and interrupt you if uh, you uh, run over your one minute. Uh, I may give you a few seconds of leeway, but uh, we will let you know when you've hit your minute. Uh, so this is the real competition of the night. Who can get it in under a minute? Uh, Kate, you're going to be up first uh, because we've come all the way back around to the beginning again. So uh, you get to go first with uh, your uh, one minute uh, to close. Uh,
1: OK, thanks, Glenn. Um... So, I mean, thank you so much for all the questions, and it's been really good to hear everyone tonight. And I think as has been said. There's a lot of um, a lot of agreement, which I think is a good thing because, as I said, the most important role you have is as a local councillor. Um, and there's so much. I mean, there's just not enough time to cover all of the local issues that you want to, and all of the the citywide issues. But I think for me, the really important thing is that we are going to be, as I said, it's going to be a really challenging council term. Um, we're coming out of recovery from the pandemic. We don't really know the full impact of Brexit. We've got the cost of living crisis. It's going to be really hard and we need to have councillors who are prepared to work really hard to make difficult decisions and make brave decisions because it, it, we won't get through it unless we are making taking difficult decisions, but also working together to take everyone with us. And I think the SNP and me personally, we and Simon as well, of course, have. The policies that we need to to get us through this. That's is, your one minute. I tried, I failed Glenn, but yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot to do in the next five years.
0: Great, thank you. Tim, you're next for your minute.
2: I am passionate about Portobello and Craig Miller. For the last two months I've been in Portobello and Craig Miller every day, bar Sunday, leafleting, meeting people. Um, I believe that serving the local community is the main role of a councillor. It's been said already tonight, I promise to work for everyone, irrespective of political persuasion. And where there is division, I will always focus on solutions which rather which unite rather than divide the community. But I am conscious that there are some difficult decisions and I've mentioned them. And I've listened to both sides. And I just finally want to say, and it would it would be remiss of me not to say this. Some people are using the word time and again about the S P label count that the S P labor Council are ignoring them. They say it's unfair how they're being treated. And it's a minute um... That sentiment has driven my priorities. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tim. Uh, and uh next we have
4: uh Alice. Thank you. Um I've popped my um email and, and social media details in the chat there, and please do send any questions we didn't get round to, because I, I would love to hear them. Um I will I will finish, I think, just talking about a community and the power of community consultation, which I think we've all mentioned a lot, but I th- A lot of work needs to be done by the council to make that possible. Um, And community councils are a key point for that. And And I know there's been lots of conversations that I've had with folk here about actually how can we empower communities and community councils to do the things they want to do to represent the communities. And we need investment in that. We need to make it more accessible so that people can get involved and they don't have to be doing it you know, after full days of work without any care costs provided. Um, So I think that if we're we're serious about that, and I think we all are, we need to be resourcing community councils and community groups to bring about those changes and consultations we want to see. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Alice. Uh, I didn't need to give you a warning that uh, we appreciate that. Uh, And uh, Heather, you have your one minute.
5: You missed Jean.
0: So I did. I got it in the wrong order. Look at that. So it's over to you, Jane, for your one minute. Thank you, Heather.
3: Okay, two things. One is that uh, we need to fight for good quality education and youth work to support young people to achieve the future they deserve after they've borne so much to protect the rest of us during the pandemic. The second is that we're facing one of the biggest global challenges, the climate crisis. We've already mentioned this, of course, all of us have. We can't leave this to one political party. We have to work as a group, and I pledge to do that. Finally, it's been fantastic, actually, although I was terrified of this. It's been really good to meet you all virtually, and I really hope that if you see me in the street... Um, you will say hello because of course um, I can't see everybody who's here, but thank you so much for this opportunity. It's not been anything like as scary as I thought it was going to be. Thank you.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, And So now it, it is your turn now, Heather.
5: I'd like to put a plea out to all the people of Portobello and Craig Miller who are listening, or who may pick it up on the podcast. Whoever you're voting for, please vote. I don't think there are enough people. I'm hearing lots of people saying, I'm not voting, there's no point. Women died to give you the vote. Please vote. It's particularly annoying if it is a woman that said that they're not going to vote, they can't be bothered. As soon as you open your door, everything that you're affected by, clean streets, street lighting, safety for coming home at night in the dark, transport. Your bucket's getting lifted. All of that's impacted on by the council. And hopefully we as councillors will be able to make a difference to people's lives because that's what I'm here for. Thank you.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Heather. Uh, And that leaves us uh, to finish out our evening with Simon.
6: Um, thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who's come along tonight to hear us um, answer your questions. I see from the chat that I didn't answer whether I lived in the ward. Um, I live just outside the ward at sort of Lockend, uh, just off Lockend Road. Um, so just to finish, I would just like to say that five years ago, the SNP was given the privilege of leading the council administration for the very first time. The challenges that have been thrown at all of us since then have been unprecedented. And as we get back to living without the restrictions of the pandemic, I think we've got a real opportunity to change Edinburgh for the better. The SNP has a bold vision and the right priorities to make sure Edinburgh comes back fairer, greener and stronger than it was before. If you haven't already looked at our manifesto, I'd encourage you to do so. As my colleague Tommy Shepherd MP said recently, in it you will find the most progressive set of proposals ever put forward by any party in Edinburgh, with a realistic chance of being able to put them into practice. We're aiming to become the largest party for the second time, and if both Kate and I are elected, this area will have two strong progressive voices in the administration arguing in this area's best interests and making sure that the council delivers for all the people who live here. Thank you.
0: That's well done. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Right on the button. Uh, That was great. Thank you uh, very much. And a huge thank you to all of you uh, this evening. I've really appreciated the tone with which you've used, and I'm sure those of you, those who have been listening, and you uh, have also, and your uh, answers have been uh, helpful to us all. Um, Just two quick things to point to. One is that uh, each of the candidates has written a 100-word biography that's available on the Portobello Community Council website, so you can uh, look at those to find out a little more uh, biographical detail uh, about each of the candidates. Uh, I know that Alice put her uh, information in the um, in the chat, so you can uh, use that. But for each of the candidates, they have uh, websites and uh, Twitter followings and various things that you will undoubtedly have had through your letterbox. Uh, and so let me encourage you, uh, we haven't been able to get through all the questions tonight. So if you have a burning issue, get in touch with them and ask them what they think. And I'm sure they would love to come back to you uh, on those issues because we all know how much Kate loves getting all those emails. So uh, we can uh, keep that going. Um, So, yes, I thank you a huge amount to you all. It's been great to have you here. Uh, And uh, thank you to the candidates and once again to the Community Council for hosting this evening. Uh, Have a lovely evening, everyone.